This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. It is a privilege and an honor to be a part of this house and to be family. And, uh, you know, as we travel all over the globe, there's a, we, we're so blessed. Uh, this is our 21st year of full-time ministry in, in over 40 countries of the world. And as I said earlier, I am just blown away at the doors that God has opened up for us to be able to simply be witnesses in this earth. And at times we are witnessing to the body, and at times we are witnessing to the, the, the lost. And uh, I, I am just always amazed at how much God is in the pursuit of people and the places that He would send us in order to get those people. Uh, pub, I never thought I'd be in a pub, in a club. I never thought I'd be uh, throughout in an in a Islamic state in Pakistan or in India. I, I, just, I just am so amazed at God's love for people. I never thought I'd be in Olive Branch, Mississippi. But God has a plan, and we are connected and, and with you guys because God has ordained that. This is a God thing. And everywhere we ask, our prayer is simply, Father, open the right doors, close the wrong doors. And so we're here today because it's a right door. And we're here to partner with the body here, Pastor Rob, Shauna, and Bob, and, and, and the family here. We're to partner with you to, to, to be instruments that God would simply use all of us to reach the world. The message that I believe God has called us to share with you today, and we've been speaking all, all over the globe, is called the ecosystem, say ecosystem, of heaven on earth. Say the ecosystem of heaven on earth. Matthew 9, 35 to 38, and it says, Then Jesus went about all their cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Say the gospel of the kingdom. And healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep not having a shepherd. Then he says to his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray, how do we pray? Pray the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into his harvest. Say his harvest. In 2018, we have the privilege, we had the privilege of, of bringing the message of Jesus to over 11 countries around the world. We ministered in churches. We ministered in pubs and clubs with my band. And what Jesus said over 2,000 years ago is still true today. The harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. No farmer ever reaps a harvest unless he first plows the ground and plants a seed. So there is a need for laborers. There is a need for farmers. There is a need for workers to go, to sow, and to reap in the harvest fields of the world. A few months back, we were in Fiji, and we discovered that up until the middle of the 1800s, Fiji was the cannibal capital of the world. <laughs> Around 1830, Methodist missionaries came from England and began preaching the message of Jesus. One of the first missionaries was Eton. But how many know that's not the end of the story? 
A significant change came in the culture of Fiji when missionary James Colvert led Chief Kokobo, who boasts of eating over 200 people, led him to Jesus around 1850, 20 years after the first missionaries began to go there. Fiji was changed. And today is predominantly a nation that follows Jesus. We all, we all know of Hudson Taylor, who brought the message of Jesus to China. We all know of David Livingston, who brought the message of Jesus to Africa. For centuries, lovers of Jesus have given their lives to bring the message of Jesus to a world that is desperately in need of Him. We're celebrating 20 years of full-time ministry, 21 years this year, full-time all over the world, taking the message of Jesus. In over 40 countries, we've seen the Holy Spirit move in amazing ways. And in the process of our journey, we have been learning to live sustained by the principles of the kingdom of God and the ecosystem that he has created for all of us to live in. And after all these years, we can say without any hesitation, the kingdom of God is alive. The kingdom of God is real. And it has its own ecosystem that God created to sustain his children and his bride as witnesses on this earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. Acts 1.8, it says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be what? You shall be what? You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. I am the fruit of the fulfillment of that message, because New Zealand, there is no country further than New Zealand from Jerusalem. So this little hobbit was touched even in the Shire. Even in the Shire. Even in the Shire. We are called to be witnesses. Say witnesses. And the world needs more witnesses. Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is, it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. For everyone who believes. For the Jew and also the Greek. We were all made to be witnesses. Say I was made to be a witness, to be a witness of the Jesus who saved us out of darkness and into light, out of sin and slavery and into freedom. The gospel of the kingdom is good news. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishes of men. And the cry of the Spirit, olive branch, harvest church, the cry of the Spirit is that this world would come to know Jesus. The depths of His Spirit is longing for every country, every culture, every people group to come to the knowledge of what Jesus has given all humanity, a new kingdom and ecosystem created for the world to live free from the fallen system that we see around us today. He needs more laborers. He is crying out for more workers, more missionaries, more church plants, 
more producers and not just consumers. But at times, at times we are held back by fear, fear of provision, fear of protection, by fear and unbelief and the distractions of the world around us. Often, listen, often we are robbed from the blessing of the kingdom and the honor it is to step into the different fields of service for our king. God is looking for his people to be channels of truth and blessing to the world. That's you. That's me. All of us. But so often we are distracted by the cares and the fears and the winds that blow around us. Instead of walking in the system that we're talking about today, there is a new kingdom family. There is a system that God has created in order for all of us to be free from a fallen world that is corrupt at its core. This message is about a king and a kingdom, his kingdom. A king and a kingdom he created with its own ecosystem to sustain his children on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we pray today that our hearts will be opened to hear this message about your ecosystem, a kingdom that has its own ecosystem to provide, to protect space in order for us to thrive, to be your witnesses in a fallen world. Open our hearts today. Open our eyes today. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the scriptures that has helped us as a family incredibly over the years to do what we do. Totally sustained by Jesus for over 20 years in over 40 countries. One of the scriptures is found in Matthew 6, 19 to 33. This message, this scripture has taught us to live sustained, say sustained, by the kingdom of God, say kingdom of God, and the ecosystem, say ecosystem, he created for all of us. Matthew 6, 19 to 33, it says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 22. For the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to, to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Say, we cannot serve God and mammon. 25, it says, therefore, I say unto you, do not worry about your life. Say, don't worry about a thing. Every little thing is going to be all right. Yeah. You never, you never knew that was in there, eh? Yeah. Therefore, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? 26. Look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them of you of not more value than they. Therefore do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows you need these things. Listen. For after all these things, say things, the Gentiles seek. The Gentiles seek. Say Gentiles. Did you know there's a difference between you if you're born again today 
and you've invited Jesus in, into, into your heart, there's a difference between you and a Gentile. Did you know that? The Bible says, but seek, verse 33, but, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to us. What things? All the things you need to eat, all the things we need to drink, all the things we need to drive, all that pertains to life and godliness, as we seek first the kingdom and the ecosystem it, 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 is in it, as we seek first the kingdom, all that we need will be added to us without any sorrow. Say with no sorrow. Now in America, you can pretty much get whatever you want to get at any moment of any time. But you and I both know, we all know, that you'll have to maybe take three or four jobs to pay for it. And it brings sorrow. God wants to add to us through the principles of his kingdom with no sorrow. Say no sorrow. No sorrow. In October 2013, my family and I begin outreach to prepare for outreach in Europe. We prepared normally uh, six months to a year ahead. And so at the time, we got our, our dates booked for the band to go and do what we do in uh, Ukraine. October 13, the concerts were booked to be in Ukraine in July the next year. By December, suddenly all over the news, Ukraine's having problems. By January, suddenly civil war breaking out in Ukraine. The pastor who we connect with in, in Ukraine now comes to America. We meet with him. We begin to talk with him. And we, we, we ask him, is it safe for us to go to Ukraine? He looks at us and says, unless I tell you not to come, come. I think this will be over within about a month. The year passes. We tour here. We go all around America, and it's getting worse and worse and worse and worse. We fly in May. We meet with a band in Europe. We begin touring out throughout Europe and Switzerland and Germany and France and Italy all over, and it's getting worse and worse and worse, and it's all, all over the talk of the people. In every church we go, war, war's going to escalate, war's going to escalate. The Russians are going are gonna to take more ground. The war, war, war's coming, war's coming. By May, we are now, end of, end of May, we are now end of, end of June. By end of June, we're now in Austria and one week away from going to Ukraine. And now, Natasha's parents are saying, you're not going to Ukraine, are you? Well, the pastor hadn't said, don't come, right? It's all over the news. And now I'm starting to feel uncomfortable. And I'm saying, Lord, do you really want us to go to Ukraine? My wife, my beautiful kids, I'm thinking, I, I talk with her and I said, honey, I, I'm not sure we need to go to Ukraine. So we prayed. We said, Father, we need you to speak to us. Show us what do you want us to do. We need clarity. After I'm done speaking in the church in Austria, a young man comes up to me and he says, I don't know what you're believing for, but the Holy Spirit has told me to tell you that you have a green light to go. The anointing that is on you for the nations will protect not only you, but it will also protect your family. So we jump on that plane and we fly to Ukraine and we, are, we, are now, we touch down into what we discover, a town that is only 60 miles away from the front line. The man who picks us up looks grumpy. He looks grumpy. 
He asks us if we want to eat. I said, yes. He takes us to McDonald's. We sit down. We start to eat the burger, and he still looks grumpy. Now I'm starting to get grumpy because he's grumpy. I asked Natasha, can you ask him why he's grumpy? And as soon as Natasha asked him, his eyes flopped to the ground. And as he's stirring at his Big Mac, he says, it's crazy. As I was coming to pick you up, a battalion of the Ukrainian army with tanks and with armory drove right past me. This war is escalating. As soon as he said that, it was like you'd poured water over my head. Cold, cold water. I looked. I began to shake a little. I began to feel woozy. I felt confusion. And I looked at my wife. And I looked at my kids. I just said, what have I just done? What have I just done? Within seconds, within seconds of that moment, I could hear the name of Jesus inside my spirit. And I just said, in Jesus' name, I command you to leave me. And as soon, just as quick as that thing came, it left me. I stood up. We walked out the door. We went through checkpoint, checkpoint, checkpoint. Through for, for two and a half weeks, the Holy Spirit moved throughout Ukraine. The army was going that way, and we were going that way. We were doing outreach on the, on the streets. The Holy Spirit was touching lives in the churches. People would come up to us and say, this is crazy. We, we don't have a choice to be in the middle of a war. You have a choice, and you've come to our country. Thank you for coming to our country. We did that after one of the concerts. We were, it was late in, the, late in the evening. We come up to a checkpoint, and this army guy is looking at me. I'm in the front seat, and I see him. He's staring at me. I'm like, uh-oh. He comes up to the driver, talks with the driver, and then he just says, go. I asked Natasha, ask, ask the driver what, what was up with this guy. The guy, as he walked up, came up to the, to the driver and says, are you carrying red rain band in the van? And the driver says, uh-huh. He says, okay, you can, you can go. Now, we've, we've been doing this for 17 years in Ukraine. That guy was either in a concert in the past, because we've done outreach all over that area, or he was in the church. He was in the church. Jesus moved powerfully in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of the craziness. He moved. For, for over two weeks, the Holy Spirit moved and touched lives. And we, and once again, as with so many times in the last 20 years, Matthew 6 came alive in our lives. In Jesus' death, the curse of sin and death was broken off our lives. In Jesus' death, the wall of separation between God and his man was destroyed. In Jesus' death, sons and daughters of God are born again. In Jesus' death, by the shedding of his own blood on the cross, the purchase price for his bride was paid in full. And in Jesus' death, a new kingdom and ecosystem was released into the earth. God's kingdom family has its own ecosystem of purpose, of provision, of protection, of pathways, of process and promotion. What is the kingdom, you say? What is the kingdom? Can you tell me what the kingdom is? Romans 14, 16 to 17. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness. Say righteousness. 
peace, say peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is right. How much money do we all spend trying to find that peace and trying to find that joy? The kingdom of God is what you need, friend. The kingdom of God is what the city needs, family. The kingdom of God is what, is what uh, America needs, is what New Zealand needs. The people need the king and his kingdom. Where is the kingdom, you say? Oh, I say, old chap, where is the kingdom? Well, Luke 17, 20 to 21. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God, listen carefully to this, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say, lo here or lo there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within me. Oh, I say, old chap, the kingdom of God is in Pakistan. No, it's in London. No, it's in New Zealand. No, I, I thought it was at Harvest. I thought it was in Arkansas. No, it's in Pakistan. It's in India. The Bible says the kingdom of God is within in you. It's within you. The kingdom that we're talking about this morning is a spiritual kingdom. Say spiritual kingdom. John 18, 36, Jesus answered. He says this, my kingdom is not of this world. Say God's kingdom is not of this world. He says this, for if my kingdom were of this world, listen, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. The kingdom we're talking about this morning that has its own ecosystem is a spiritual kingdom. The spiritual kingdom gives us dominion over the fallen king Lucifer and his kingdom on this earth. Yodel lady do. John 14, 30. Listen, John 14, 30. He says, I will no longer talk much with you. Listen, for the ruler of this world is coming. Say the ruler of this world. Jesus, God in the flesh, says the ruler of this world is coming, but, 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 but he has nothing in me. He has nothing in me. He has nothing in me. Ephesians 6, 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness, and against spiritual wickedness and high places. 2 Corinthians 10, 2 Corinthians 10, 4-6, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God through the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, listen carefully, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and, and being ready, listen, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. There's something more important in life and in God's kingdom than influence. It's called obedience. Now, sometimes, sometimes obedience will bring us influence. But many times it won't. J Jesus said we needed to leave the 99 to go to get the one. And sometimes in life, you, when, you, when we walk with him, when we obey him, we, he, he, he leads us to places that you think, wow, this is crazy, but there's always a purpose connected to it. Listen, obedience to God's word destroys the fallen king, Lucifer, and his kingdom in our lives. 
This kingdom we're talking about, the kingdom of God, has a good king. His name is, he's a righteous king. He's a just king. It has a constitution. The kingdom we're talking about has a constitution. It's the word of God. It has a judicial system, the Ten Commandments. It has a financial system, seed time and harvest, giving and receiving. He will bless the work of our hands. It has values and principles that answer every question in life. We have this kingdom. If you are born again today and you've invited Jesus into your heart, you have this kingdom inside of you and you carry it everywhere you go. Jesus said, we're to be in this world, but we are not of this world. As sons and daughters of God, we listen, listen, as sons and daughters of God, we are not, say not, to be sustained by this world system, but by heaven's system that lives on the inside of us. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of God has its own ecosystem. This ecosystem has purpose. Say purpose. Has provision. Say provision. Has protection. Say protection. Has pathways. Say pathways. Has a process. Say process. Has promotion. How do we enter the kingdom, you ask? How do we enter the kingdom and live sustained by its ecosystem? Number one, we got to repent. Say repent. Repent. Matthew 4, 17, the first step to entering the kingdom that we're talking about here today and to be sustained by its ecosystem is, number one, we have to repent. Matthew 4, 17, from that time Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, say repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Number two, in order to enter in and to partake, of the ecosystem of heaven in our lives. Number, number two, we must be born again of water and spirit. Say, we must be born again of water and spirit. John 3, 3 to 5, Jesus answered and said unto them, Most assuredly I say unto you, unless one is born again, say born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb? Great question. Jesus answered and said, Most assuredly I say unto you, unless one is born of water, say born of water, and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Why do we have to repent? And why do we have to be born again of water and Spirit? Well, after the fall, the Word of God says in Genesis 6, 5, after the fall of man, it says that the, then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great, say wickedness of men. Then God saw that the wickedness of men was great in the earth and that every intent of his thoughts was only evil continually. Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Say desperately wicked. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 to 11, do, do you not know that the unrighteous, say unrighteous, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Family, because of the fall of man, we became a wicked and an unrighteous people. 
and unrighteousness stops us from entering into the kingdom and being blessed by its ecosystem. 1 Corinthians 6, 10 to 11, do not be deceived. Say, don't be deceived. Hear the person next to you say, don't be deceived. It says, do not be deceived. Listen carefully. Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God as such were some of you. But, everyone say but. We can all see ourselves in that, right? But, everyone say but. But that's not the end of the story. But you were washed. You want to say, I was washed. But I was sanctified. I was justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. We needed a Savior. We were desperately in need of the Savior. Because of the fall of man, we became a wicked generation. And our trust is in the kingdom. Our hope is in what Jesus has done in the ecosystem he's created for all of us. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of purpose. Say purpose. What is our purpose, you ask? Say, Pastor Rob, Pastor Shorter, Pastor Bob, what is my purpose? I don't know what my purpose is. I have no clue. I wake up in the morning. I don't have any idea what my purpose is. The Bible says, everyone say, read the Bible. Read the word of God. Acts 1.8 says this, but you shall, what is our purpose? This is a kingdom, we, we, we live and serve a kingdom of purpose. Say purpose. What is my purpose? Say what is my purpose? Well, the Bible says in Acts 1.8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses. Say witnesses. Say I was born again to be a witness. My purpose is to be a witness. Of who? Of Jesus, of Jesus, of Jesus. We've all got a testimony, correct? We're here today because of what? Of Jesus. Why in the world do we have to complicate everything? Matthew 24, 14, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness, say witness. To all the nations, then what? Then the end will come. There is, a, there is coming an end to what we know is time. Say time. There's coming an end to the time that we know. There is coming an end to the time and the evil kingdom that we see around us. The kingdom of God has its, has its, has its own ecosystem of provision. Say provision. Luke 9, 3, And he said unto them, Take nothing for your journey, Neither staffs, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not have two tunics apiece. Why would Jesus send his wonderful, beautiful, precious disciples away with nothing? Why do you think? Because he's trying to teach them Psalm 23. He's trying to teach them how to live sustained by the king, his kingdom, and the ecosystem he created for all of us to thrive in in a fallen madhouse of a world. Y'all come back now. What is it? Psalms 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd. Who is your shepherd? Who is your shepherd? The Lord is my shepherd. What? I shall not want. I shall not want. Say I, I, say, I shall not want. 
It says, He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. When I first began the ministry uh, uh, over 21 years ago, I had just come back from America after three years studying here. I go back and continue to serve in my father's church. For one year, I began to seek God as to what was the next step for me. Suddenly, the Holy Spirit speaks to my heart, and He says, I want you to put a band together. I want you to record an album, and I want you to begin going all over the world, and I want to use you as a vessel to bring my message to the world. I go to my father, said, Dad, this is what the Holy Spirit has spoken to me. I didn't have a band. I didn't know how to record an album. I didn't have the money for an album. I didn't have anywhere to go. My dad says, do it. You're free to go. So he released me into the nations of the world. I had nothing, zero, nothing. Within six months, we had the band. We re- recorded an album, which cost $30,000. It was paid for. And the first nation that God opened up for us to go was South Africa. And as I'm flying over the Indian Ocean, I had just planted watermelon seeds on my father's orchard and sold them in order to help to get my airfare. And as I'm flying over the Indian Ocean, I've got nine people in my team, and suddenly I look, I look at my airfare and it dawns on me, I'm in Africa for three months and I've only got two concerts booked. What am I gonna do, Pastor Bob? After the second concert, the whole tour was booked. After three weeks, the van that the pastor, one of the pastors had uh, loaned to us was stolen. I called the pastor up and I said to him, uh, Pastor Hendrick, his name was Henny, um, something's happened. He says to me, Brew. He says, hey, Brew, you know, uh, he says, I, I didn't, uh, the car was only half insured. And so you need to give me some money, huh? I'm like, well, okay. So 20,000 bucks I had to owe him. I'm like, okay, this is great. We continue with the, a pastor gives us another v- van. We go on the journey, continue around. As I'm coming into Durban, the clutch in, the, in this new van busts on the highway. Pull over. I jump out and I'll, the police go past. Everyone goes past. And anyone who knows Africa, is, you, you never stop in the middle of a highway. You'll get shot. Your car will be taken. So I'm running. I've got all my team. And I look. And I see this one. I just see. I'm, uh, I'm, just, I'm just drawn to this one ute. And I, I point at the guy. And I say, come over. Pulls over. To cut a long story short, this man is a Christian. He's a mechanic. He owns a garage. He tows us back to his garage, puts us in his house for the night, fixes the van, pays for the van. The next day we get on the road and continue our journey around South Africa. This is the first trip that we went on. Come on, people. Then, then, then in South Africa is another little country called Lesotho. Say Lesotho. And Lesotho's having elections. We get there and there's unrest around the country because the people think that the government's been, been uh, fiddling with the uh, elections. And, and so we go there for the weekend. The Monday, we leave about 12 p.m. We drive all the way to uh, Cape Town, turn on the news. All over the news, civil wars broken out in Lesotho. Just where we were, 64 people are shot dead, and the country shut down at 12.15. We left at 12 p.m. Come on, family. Is God nuts? Is God crazy? No, He teaches you the principles of a kingdom and an ecosystem that He has created in order for you to do what God has called you to do. And 
souls are saved. Name of Jesus lifted up. People healed. People are set free. In Jesus' name, life. Life comes to all of us. At the same time, somebody sent my album to radio station in New Zealand. I didn't do it. Somebody sent it. Song, as we're in Africa, songs are becoming one and two hits on the radio. That prepared the way for us to go back the next year and tour all around New Zealand. Pastors come up to me and say, do you want to go to France? You want to go to Germany? I'm saying, I'll give me, I'm off to France. God, to cut a long story short, over 21 years, over 40 countries, God has sustained us. God has provided for us. God has made a way for us. God has taught us how to live live sustained by the principles of God's Word. His kingdom, His kingdom has an ecosystem of provision, of purpose, provision, and protection. Say protection. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear for you are with me. Say protection. It's a kingdom of pathways. Say pathways. Isaiah 43, 16, thus says the Lord who makes a way. Say, make a way. Say, God is a way maker. He's a, he, he, he makes a way in the sea and, pa, and a path through the mighty waters. Do not remember the former things nor consider the things of old. Behold, I do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. He makes pathways. The ecosystem of heaven and earth has its own process of promotion. Say process of promotion. What is the process of promotion? Very simple. Matthew 25, 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. Matthew 25, 20. It says, so he who had had received five talents, came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered me five talents. Look, I have gained five more. His Lord said unto him, well done, say, well done. Thou good and faithful servant, you were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Faithfulness, say faithfulness. Faithfulness is the stepping stone to promotion in the kingdom of God. God says, good and faithful servant. Are we being good? Are we being faithful? Are we being servants in man's kingdom? It's self-promotion. It's, it's lying. It's cheating. It's stealing. It's selfish ambitions. It's pushing others down in order for us to be exalted. In God's kingdom is, it has been good, it has been faithful, and it has been a servant. What do you have in your hands today? What gifts do you have? Have we surrendered our life to God? Are we being faithful? Are we being faithful to his process in our lives? Are we being good and faithful servants? Moses had to go through the process. Joshua had to go through the process. David had to go through the process. Peter and Paul had to go through the process. We all have to go through the process of God. Many are called, but few are chosen. And the difference between being called and chosen is how we respond to the process. How we respond to the process. Humility, brokenness, sincerity, honesty help us through the process. There are enemies of the kingdom. Say enemies. Matthew eleven twelve. 12. 
And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. There is an onslaught, family. There is a constant onslaught against the kingdom of God in our lives. There is a violent onslaught in our hearts and in our minds to keep us from being sustained by the ecosystem of heaven. There is a constant pull for us to be sustained by the system of this world, and the system of this world will cause us to live like Gentiles, consumed with what we eat and what we drink, hearts overtaken by the treasures of this world, slaves to mammon, and the superficial promises of happiness that go to church on Sunday but do not produce anything, living boring, dull, mundane lives with no adventure, often miserable, grumbling, complaining human beings. Nothing's ever good enough. Why? As we close this morning, why? Why? Because we've lost the focal understanding. We've lost the, that, that when we repented of our sins and when we became born again, say born again, the old you, the old man was put to death. And it's now no longer I who lives. It's no longer my dream. It's now his dream. And the closer we get to him, the more we, we are saturated with his purpose and his plan for our lives. That, 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 that we would be witnesses. Say witnesses. Romans 12, 2 to, to 3 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Matthew 6 28, so why do you worry? Why do you worry? Ask ourselves the question, why do we worry? Why do we worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not rayed with one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown to the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Unbelief, say unbelief, stops us from living sustained by the ecosystem of heaven. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows you need these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things. Say things. Say things. All the things we need will be added to us. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Family, are we seeking first His kingdom? Are we seeking first His kingdom? Are we being sustained by King Jesus? And the ecosystem that he's made for all of us? Or are we living like Gentiles? Are we being his witnesses? Are we being his witnesses? Or are we living a life of religious routine? Are we aware of the harvest fields around us? Or have we been seduced and distracted by the fallen system around us? Family heaven is calling. Harvest Church is called Harvest Church for a reason. Heaven is calling Harvest Church for workers. It's calling for laborers who will choose, choose. It's a choice to be sustained 
by King Jesus and His kingdom and ecosystem. Will we surrender today? Let's all stand together. Will we surrender today? Will we surrender our lives? Will we surrender the gifts that God's given us? Will we surrender our dreams to be vessels that He can use to go wherever He may send us? That He he gave His life for us and we're gonna give our life for Him, for His service. Not my will, Lord, but yours be done. Time is short. Time is short. It is shorter than what we think. It's shorter than what we think. As every eye is shut and every head is bowed, if you're here today and you would say, I want to surrender my life. I want to give, I'm not asking to be born again. Most of us here have been born again. But if you're here today and you say, I want to be a laborer. I want to be a worker for Jesus. I want to be the witness that He's called me to be. I want to be the vessel that He has anointed me to be in this community, in my family, to give my life to go wherever He wants me to go. If that's you today, just lift your hand straight up in the air. If that is, if that is you, straight up in the air. If you're here today, I want to give my life to surrender. Lift it straight up in the air, straight up in the air. I want to give my life to serving Jesus with all of my heart. I want to give my life to being somebody that is sustained by the ecosystem of heaven. Lift your hands straight up in the air. I think everybody here could lift their hands, right? Could we all do that? This is, this is not a, I'm, I'm not calling for salvation. I'm just saying the Word of God has been spoken and He's calling for this house, for this house to, to have a people who are totally yielded and surrendered to Him. I see, I see in the future many coming and going, many coming and going, coming and going to the mission field. I see more churches being planted from this house. I see more producers coming and going. There is more, there is more. But in order to do what God has called us to do, we've got to be sustained by the King and His kingdom. We cannot be sustained by the system of this world. The system of this world is corrupt. The system of this world is fading. Only those who will be sustained by the King and His kingdom will live and thrive in the days ahead. So say after me, say, Heavenly Father, say, Heavenly Father, today I declare that my family, me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I declare that I will do my best to be sustained by your kingdom and by your ecosystem. Help me, wash me, cleanse me from all that's not of you. I surrender my heart in Jesus' name. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 
383-8277. You